Thank you for joining us in our study of the book of Genesis, entitled The Origin of Reason. How can you tell when somebody is being attacked by the devil? Somebody asked me the other day, how would I know the devil is teaching? Well, he's always coming in with with negative stuff and lies. God brings conviction, but his conviction is not negative so much as it is turning you to the right. God does not come in and condemn. The devil does. He condemns God. He condemns your friends. He condemns things, your house, your car, what you own. It's never enough. It's never good enough. There's always a problem. When Satan came to tempt Eve, he came with an idea that God was depriving her. God was not helping her. He was limiting her, refusing her of the real possibilities in life. So he didn't tempt with anything positive. He was repressing her inner creativity. Reach out and be you. You do you. Be the best that you can be. He did not mention that God did say you can eat of every tree here in the garden. Every tree. All of them. But just this one, he says, hands off. Forget the positive blessings. She'd been given everything except for that one tree. God had made provisions that were incredible. But somehow, he was able to cause her to focus strictly on the negatives. How can you be thankful when you're limited in such a way? How can you even pretend to be content when there's such a limitation placed on you? Now, what does this tell you about negative people? Today, we have a new word for women who seem to get out of control. It's called a Karen. What does it tell you about a Karen? Men that are negative, what do you call them? They're always negative. These sorts of people suck the air out of a room. They always make you want to leave, to to walk off and leave them. They're a burden to the spirit. But for some reason, we manage to stand around and not say anything, just nod and have some kind of dumb smile on our face and listen, right? I don't know what Eve did, and I don't know what look she had on her face. But she stood around, and she listened, and look what happened. I want you to take note that if you walk into a smoky room, a smoke-filled room, everybody's smoking cigarettes, when you walk out, you carry the stench of those cigarettes in your clothes, in your hair. And if you remain around a negative person long enough, your vision will become jaded, and you'll become negative. Yes, yes, you will. You'll begin to understand their point of view, and you'll sympathize with their plight, because you begin to apply it to your life, and you start to see that, indeed, God is limiting you, too. How can you be so gullible as to trust this tyrant? He knows that if you eat of this tree, it's going to make you smarter. Do you think he's out for your good? Come on, man. Look at the facts. Doesn't he always say no? Well, that's a lie. As Donald Trump would say, that's fake news. Satan tells Eve that God is far too prohibitive. And the penalty? Death? Come on now, that's draconian. Why so severe? Why so harsh? Is he speaking hyperbole? Surely you won't die. Come on. You think he is good with these kind of things? Well, first of all, she never heard God say anything. God spoke to Adam. And the devil's playing on what she had been told. So she was going on secondhand information, actually. But she believed her husband up to this point. But now he's causing her to doubt both God's word and her husband's word. What is going on? The depth of this deception, it just gets wider and more profound. The force of what he was saying was very powerful, very convincing, and reasonable. Plausible. He uses the same method in breaking up marriages, suicide, 
homosexuality, drugs, alcohol, lying, stealing, cheating. His method does not change. You know why? It works. The primary and underlining thing, I believe, this is my personal feeling, is fear. We're afraid that we won't have all that we deserve. We're afraid that if we don't get it, we'll fail. We're afraid that if we don't take that drink, we'll be anxious. We're afraid that if we don't steal this thing, we'll really be lacking. And we don't have money. We're afraid if we tell the truth, we won't get what we want. So we lie. I believe fear is the underlying thing. And God has delivered us from fear. But why does this method work so often and so easily? It works so easily because we have no real concept as to what the devil is doing at that moment, and we don't know how to resist. And partly, we don't want to resist. The devil appeals to our lust, and when he does that, we don't know what to do other than give in. We want to be satisfied. We want the money, so we lie, we cheat, we steal. We do not take advantage of the means of grace provided to us. The word of God is given to strengthen us. Prayer is given to strengthen us. Fellowship with the saints is given to strengthen us. Worship, singing songs of praise, hymns, bring us to a greater understanding of who God is. But what do we do? We neglect church. We just don't think we need to go today. Or I'm too tired to get up. I'm not going today. We don't understand the value of fellowship with the saints. Everybody's just a hypocrite anyway. Who would be telling you that, that everybody's a hypocrite? You know, if everybody's a hypocrite, that would include you as well, wouldn't it? The Word of God. I read it every now and then. Pray. I've yet to be in a church whose primary focus is to praise God, worship Him, and pray. Very few churches spend any amount of time in prayer. And I do believe prayer is a key in walking with the Lord. We get blinded by our personal lusts. We watch TV. We keep up with the gossip. We find other distractions. We do not take advantage of the word of God, which has been given to us. Then we wonder what's happened. How did we get into the mess that we're in? Why are the kids so bad? Did you hear what little Johnny said? Well, why is my wife mad at me all the time? Satan's going to tempt you as long as you let him tempt you. And he's going to dangle everything before you. He is not going to make you sin. You will choose intentionally to sin. If you listen long enough, you'll cave. And he'll stick with his proven methods. Why? They work. Any true Christian can run him off at any moment. Whenever you wish. Yes, you can. You can say no. The Bible tells us in James 4, 7 and 8, and I would recommend that you read this and memorize it. Therefore, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So what do you do? You tell the devil no. You go to Revelations, and it says, We overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. How do you resist the devil? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to think that way. No. Jesus Christ died for me. His love is real and profound, and I'm set to follow him in my heart, in my thoughts, in my mind, and with my life. We learn 
to do these things and we'll start to understand something of the victory over the devil. And we'll see that we're freed from fear. The Bible tells us that when I'm afraid, I will trust in him. And what do we do? Well, when I'm afraid, I'll get a new lock on the door. When I'm afraid, I will get some more medicine. When I'm afraid, I'll do all sorts of things. And then running to God is about the last thing that we do. But a lot of people say, well, if there's nothing else, at least we can pray. When sincerely, that should be the first thing that we do. But we need to understand that sin is unbelief. It's the devil's way of making us move in his accusations. We don't believe God. We try to stand in our own wisdom and our own effort. We reject God's wisdom and his direction. And if you want to see how this works, look at our nation and how far we've gone in our sin and degradation. The perversions that we see being expressed throughout the United States of America today, it it reveals the nature of man's wisdom. Now, we've already discussed Adam's, um, Adam's problem, right? Adam's sin was deliberate. It was intentional. Eve brought him the, the fruit, whatever it was. Uh, one thing I have noticed as you read the passage here in Genesis chapter three, Adam was right there with Eve when she sinned. He stood there and he did not say a word. That to me is a stunning thing. He knew what was right. And yet he didn't say a word. He didn't say anything to Eve. Instead, he deliberately took the fruit and took a bite of it and out of out out of sincere rebellion, he moved along. He sinned by choice. And he was fully guilty. He sunk his teeth into that fruit. He delighted himself. And it, he was so happy. He exercised his own free will. You know? Now, how did he respond when he got confronted? Well, first thing, he ran. And that's what we tend to do. We've covered this before, but we're going to go over it real quick before we move into God's actual judging as a result of the sin. Adam ran, and he tried to hide behind some trees. He probably came to look at that tree in the garden, the one that he couldn't eat of with a great hatred. It was blocking him from being free to do what he wanted to do. And it also said to him that he's not God. God is God. Finally, he said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I got to do. And uh, he became his own God. The the Bible never places blame of the fall on Eve. She was partaker of the transgression. She was part of it. But she was not the one blamed because the law was given first to Adam. Fathers, listening to this, fathers, you are responsible for your wife and your children's spiritual growth. You are responsible for that, not your wife. And don't try to lay it off on your wife. You are the one responsible. So we see that first, in order, Satan fell. He's here on earth now. Eve then was tempted, and through deception and being deceived, she fell. And now Adam has fallen. So we're introduced to all three of these things. And it's... it's It's a trivecta of failures, right? We're going to look into this and see how God responds to these things. And they tried to hide. We see that that was a ridiculous thing. It was ridiculous in this, that God is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows what they did. He knows why they did it. 
He knew where they ran, and he knows why they ran. But he's also omnipresent. Omnipresence means that God is capable of being everywhere at the same time. You cannot hide from God. His divine presence encompasses in his divine presence encompasses the whole universe. There is nothing that can be hidden from God. And these are the amazing things we're learning as we look into Adam and Eve, the fall of man, the grace of God, the goodness of God, and the character of God. And we learn these things as we study and come to know the origin of reason. Thank you very much for joining us today, being with us in this study. Your participation is well appreciated, and I hope you receive something of benefit. Come back next week and be with us as we study again the origin of reason.